When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Well, 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 look at that. We got a new intro. We're done with the StreamYard oh, countdown to kick off. Uh, Glenn Hartley's already hopped in at 8 p.m. We don't fire this thing up until 8.30, but Glenn already had the link because it just sits there all day. You can see it. This is coming up. And Glenn Hartley, the overachiever, back on top as our comment champion. I love it. Guys, it's Missouri game. Glenn, Glenn where were you on Sunday? Yeah, we, we were concerned about you, Glenn. Um, but it's a Georgia-Missouri game week, guys. The trip to Columbia, now uh, uh, an SEC tradition, which is kind of weird to say, but they've been doing it for 10 years now. We'll get into that in a minute uh, later on in the show. But Palmer, Jake Rowe, uh, how you guys doing? Jake, your mic's off. I want to make sure you are aware of that. Um, yeah, I was I was catching some feedback from you there for just a second. I don't know what was going on. Turn mine down. Um, you might be catching it from me as well. Yeah, I was hearing it from somebody. I didn't know if it was Palmer or you, but uh, the more the merrier. Palmer, how are things? You've heard from the team a lot this week. Jake, you were there on Monday. I heard you talking to Kirby. Um, what's the vibe around the Buttsmere building right now? Uh, same old, same old. I mean, I don't think there's any real change. Uh, still, still, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm still surprised after Monday uh, that we're not getting any of the hellfire and brimstone from Kirby regarding, you know, how Georgia played against Kent State. Um, maybe the players are behind the scenes and we're just not feeling any of it. I don't really know. Uh, but, I, but I know that, you know, there was there was a comment about circling the wagons on Monday and Kirby's like, well, circle the wagons every week. You know, I mean, it's just a – I don't know, just an odd feeling after what I felt like was a really sloppy performance. Um, but – if Kirby's happy with it, then I guess we should all be happy with it because he's not an easy guy to make happy. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on Sunday. I, you know, surprised that there's not a little bit more um, of of anxious Kirby of of him being all fired up. Um, you know, short with the media a little bit, but um, you know that 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 I think that there's reasons that you go back and you watch that game. Uh, the, the Kent State game, and there's not a ton to be concerned about. Um, you know, other if if you fix the mistakes, um, you know that that this is j- just another game for Georgia. Um, you know that they they played pretty well. I mean, we heard it again yesterday. We heard it again from players today. Didn't punt the ball. Um, you know, they 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 are really harping on that. Uh, the fact that they didn't punt the ball, they felt like they played pretty well offensively. Uh, and and have a lot more left in the tank if they don't turn the ball over uh, three or four times. 
Yeah, I've heard Kirby mention that a couple times now. Um, he was almost tongue-in-cheek about it after the game. Someone said, you know, they had a slow start. Uh, someone else brought up this week that the offense wasn't doing that great. But he's been very quick to point out the fact that they didn't punt and they had 500 yards of offense. So the numbers are showing that they did well. And I think you get the win and Kirby gets to say, hey, I told you guys Kent State was going to be tough. They were tough. Maybe he's just not that surprised by it. And maybe <clears throat> I've also wondered, you know, last season we heard a lot about how Nick Saban was managing his young team and not riding them too hard because he knew that they were young. And I don't know if anyone ever proved that. It seemed pretty speculative to me, but couldn't help but wonder, too, if that was part of the uh, part of the equation here with Kirby not lighting into his players that much after a not so great game against Kent state, not showing up with fire and brimstone. Like you said, Jake this week, because maybe that game just wasn't that much of a surprise to him. And maybe he is kind of like the cat with the canary knowing that his team actually has some lessons to learn right now. Yeah. I look at it two ways, man, either one, you know, that he, you know, he really did was telling the truth. He thought Kent State was going to be a tough game. It was a tough game. Or two, they're catching it behind the scenes. I don't think Kirby Smart can sleep well at night uh, knowing that he didn't push, 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 push his football team. Uh, and and, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not saying the guy's just a, you know, an a-hole who just likes to shove his players around verbally and, and mentally. I'm not saying that. I just think that, you know, if he's not being – if he's not emptying the tank every day as a coach, I don't I don't think he sleeps well at night. And and so I, I think that's one of the things that that has made him, you know, the coach that he is and and why I think that, you know, that the like I said, one of those other two things is what's happened here. What have you heard from the players? I mean, you've gotten to hear from Jack Podlesny this week. You've gotten to hear from uh, MJ Sherman. I know you'll talk about him a little bit later as well. Uh, what is the vibe from the players? Are they upbeat? Do they seem ready to go for Mizzou this week, another SEC road game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, those two that you mentioned, uh, Hot Pod and and the, the man of many nicknames, uh, if you go back and you watch yesterday's interview, uh, it, it was kind of a running bit where, where the media members were uh, you know, giving him a nickname, different nickname, pod-related nickname. Um, but between... Jack what Pod was the best Lesney. one? I've I've had I like listened through it. I haven't had a chance to edit that clip together yet. I'm gonna make a snappy little reel from it. But what's the best mm. pod related nickname you heard yesterday? Mm, probably the Podfather. I mean that 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 one's it's it's good. It's it's short. It's easy. Uh, it's you know low hanging fruit. But it, it's that it was a pretty good one. Um, and, and it didn't get used until late. And I was a little surprised by that, but, um, you know, hearing from him, hearing from MJ Sherman, the two of them, they really didn't talk a ton about Kent state. Their conversations, uh, shifted in other ways. And, um, you know, that, that, that game, and they didn't talk a ton about Missouri either. Um, but, you know, I think that talking to, to the two offensive linemen that we did tonight, uh, Warren McClendon and Tate Ratledge, um, you know, with, with the way that the offensive line, you know, struggled at times, uh, you know, you saw guys getting beat in different directions, getting pushed around a little bit, uh, penalties on the offensive line. Um, those, I mean, those two guys right there, McClendon was called for a penalty. Ratledge was pushed around a little bit. 
Um, they, they, I feel like they've probably heard some of that this week. Um, the inabilities to, to convert in the red zone, a lot of that comes back to the run game. And, and I know we're going to get into the run game here shortly, but, um, you know, think that that a lot of that falls on the offensive line and they know that, and they know that they've got to, uh, to rise to the challenge this week, because this is a Missouri, uh, defense that, that had a pretty strong day against Auburn, uh, finishing with several tackles for loss, um, you know, the different look than that they saw last week against Kent State. That was, um, you know, not to get too technical here, but that they were they had prepared for a stack defense, a three three stack with three down linemen and, and three linebackers um, right behind them. They, they got more four down linemen than they thought that they were going to get. Uh, and Kirby said that they should have been ready for that because they see that uh, every day in practice. But. Uh, that three three stack is certainly something that is is different and it gives you different looks and it puts pressure on an offensive line where there are six guys in the box and and you've got to have a hat on a hat for all of them uh, with, with those especially with those linebackers that are able to move freely off the ball. So um, you know offensive line, I think that there was a lot of pressure put on them last week and and they didn't necessarily rise to the challenge as much as they probably would have liked. And so I think as a result, they're they're anxious to get back out there this week and put something good on tape. Uh, we got some comments, and uh, of course we heard from Glenn Hartley. Glenn says he has a daughter in Orlando. Please keep Florida in your prayers. We will definitely do that. I know uh, somebody knows somebody, everyone does, uh, that has a friend or a relative down there in Ian's path. So we definitely have them in our thoughts and prayers. And William Griffin chiming in on Kirby's approach says absolutely not riding the young team right now. What's the biggest difference you guys expect to see out of Georgia coming off of this Kent State performance and going on the road to Mizzou? The hallmark of so many of these championship teams that do have kind of a slow game like Georgia had against Kent State. I saw a lot of people say Georgia was sleepwalking. Uh, I think that's a fair way to put it. What's the biggest difference you expect to see? Is is it an energy thing? Is it an execution thing? Or is it just a, you know, get back to the basics and let Brock Bowers carry the offense again? I think it's definitely an execution thing because, I mean, you can you can say, you know, even weeks, odd weeks, you can say home and away, they both coincide. Uh, Georgia has followed up its games where it struggled in the red zone, and uh, and maybe hasn't played, you know. I guess you couldn't say that against Sanford, where you can say they didn't play their best defense, but they didn't play great defense against Kent State. And they followed those up with with throwdowns, with with utter dominance. And you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure I expect that. I think a nighttime game at Missouri, you know, that's a that's a bad football team. They're not very good. You know, will Georgia handle the environment like it needs to? I, I don't really know, but. I do expect them to click. I expect them to start fast. I expect them to play well. And uh, I've got other reasons to feel that too. And we'll, we'll figure that out when we start swinging the ax here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll chop some wood here. I spoke with um, SEC Network's Peter Burns. He had the rat poison comment of the week last week about oh. Georgia going 15 and 0. Peter, beating, Peter Burns is a rat poison machine, beating He's everybody like by double digits. Machine. It was it was crazy. I felt a little uncomfortable hearing. I'm just not used to hearing it. But in that vein, Jake, I mean, you expect Georgia to come out swinging, swinging their own axe. Uh, here's what Peter Burns said about 
hearing Kirby's confidence after the Kent State game, and here's why he's not worried, and maybe this is why some Georgia fans out there shouldn't worry about that Kent State hiccup either. Ian Benjamin Watson, everybody were in the studio watching this Georgia game against Kent State kind of transpire, and we're like, all right, what do you, what do you think? What are we feeling here? Is this going to be like he's going to tear the paint off of the, of the walls in the locker room or post game? And so we were kind of waiting for that moment, and afterwards, Wes, we started looking at it, going, you know what? The, the fact that Kim, uh, the, the fact that he's sitting there post game and he's like, this is a learning experience for us. Like we needed this game almost gave me like even more of a sense like, hey, he knew that they were going to have a stinker at some point. <laughs> he's almost in a weird way, Wes, like I guess happy that this happened. And I did not expect that. But I think that's the mark of a coach who knows how good his team is, that there was not really any panic, panic uh, of getting his guys back on on track. What I don't is know, maybe doing there without glasses. I would, yeah, I was thinking, who's the dude with the boyish good looks sitting there uh, <laughs> interviewing uh, interviewing Peter Burns there? I got to give my eyes a rest. I'm running low on my <laughs> daily contact, so I gotta uh, I gotta give the eyes a rest. But yeah, maybe that's just you know Burns saying that's the mark of a coach that knows his team. Maybe that's just the mark of a guy who's doubling down on his rat poison. I don't know. Yeah, but. I, uh, I I tend to agree with Peter. Dude, I, I'm a big Peter Burns fan. Peter Burns is neck deep, if not eyeball deep, in the SEC Kool-Aid, and that's cool with me, man, because that's if you're going to get deep in some Kool-Aid and want to be right, the SEC Kool-Aid is the one you need to be in. So Yeah, it's the best one. It's the yeah. best one there is. My question, though, guys – Jake, you mentioned, like, okay, they had a they had an off game against Sanford. They come out and blow out South Carolina. They have an off game against Kent State. I think we're all on the same page. We expect Georgia to go out and dominate. Is that sustainable? Is that too dangerous? Or is that just what this team could potentially end up operating like this season? So I, I think it's more a byproduct of who Georgia's playing. And I think it's, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a – early hallmark of a young football team. And I, not necessarily that I think Georgia is just young from top to bottom. They've got some experience at some big-time places. But when you when you need 24-33, when you know, you're talking about offense, defense, special teams, borrowing that from Kirby earlier this week, when you need that many guys, even more than that, 50, 60 guys to play well, and you're getting maybe 33% of those guys that are just up and down, you know, the, the standard and, and whatever is just not completely ingrained in them just yet, you're going to have some of those instances where they don't play their best ball some days. And uh, I think they're playing down to the competition just a little bit. Bingo. Bingo. You hit the nail right there on the head with that. This is a young football team, uh, and, and this is a hallmark of a young football team, that they are going to play up and they're going to play down. And, you know, I think that one thing that I draw – similarities to between their good games and their not so good games. Um, you know, they, when they get away from Sanford stadium, when they get away from home, they go out on the road, they focus up differently. You've seen that at Oregon. You've seen that at South Carolina um, or, or not at Oregon, but at Mercedes Benz stadium against Oregon. Uh, and you did see it at South Carolina. I think you're going to see that at Missouri because there is a, uh, you know, business trip mindset to it. There's an attitude to that. And it's interesting to, you know, talk about a football team that plays better away from home than they do at home. Uh, you know, I think early in this season, I think that's going to change. Uh, you know, I think that as as they mature, as they play more games, uh, you know, as they, they get 
they they get deeper into this season, uh, you're going to see Georgia play good football at home. But right now, the, when they are still learning, they are still maturing. Um, you know, I think it's a lot easier when you go on the road to uh, you know approach it differently and and be maybe a little bit more locked in. Uh, you know, when when you're playing a a better team. I mean, the two games that they've played at home versus the two games that they've played away from home. The two teams that they've played on away from Athens have been better, but also B, uh, you know, I think that the, um, you know, th- that there is an element of locking in. Um, Kirby talked about locking in, locking out, locking up, um, whatever it was. Lock during, in, lock out, lock the door, lock the patio, lock yeah, the lo- lo- lock everything, lock, lock everything. Um, but, you know, Kirby talked about that in the fall camp and, uh, think that there is an element of that when you go on the road and you get away from an atmosphere that you're really comfortable in. So uh, before we move on to our next topic of discussion, which we got to talk about Brock Bowers, but the big concern seems like is still that Georgia running game. We can't really shake that narrative. But first, let's give a shout out to someone that we're glad we can't shake. That's Breaking Tea. Head on over to breakingt.com backslash dogs HQ. We've got the link in this episode right now if you want to check it out. They've got an NIL promotion going with the mailman, with Brock Bowers, with Christopher Smith, with Darnell Washington. And, you know, these are guys that are obviously contributing on the field, but you can wear them on your chest. Who wouldn't want to wear one of these shirts? Which one do you guys like the most? I like the mailman. I like that he's carrying that little mail bag. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm pretty big pretty on the sharp. mailman one too. I like the Savage one with Chris Smith as well. I mean, I think all of them are pretty sharp, man. They're all pretty cool. Shout out to our guy Sam Franco hooking us up with this. Um, guys, this Georgia run game. Kirby's spoken about it this week. Talked about getting Branson Robinson involved. People think you can just snap your fingers and get a Georgia running back in the game because that's what they've seen year in and year out. It's not always the case. Palmer, you talked about the offensive line a moment ago. How much of this equation is the running backs? How much of it is the O-line? And how much of it is just overblown from the fans? A little bit of all those. Um, you know, definitely feel like it's a little bit more overblown and um, you know, I did a, I did a little bit of a deep dive into it yesterday because Kirby talked about the run game and and it's not necessarily that they're not running the ball well. It's that they haven't been as explosive in the run game uh, as they would like to be. Um, you know, that takes perimeter blocking. That takes you know having holding some of those blocks on the offensive line a little bit longer. Um, you know, not letting go of a linebacker that that can then catch up and make a play. Um, you know, did, did a deep dive into it. Kirby has previously defined an explosive play as one, anything that is longer than 12 yards. Um, it, that to me, that finds a happy medium of, uh, you know, run plays where there's an aim to be 10 plus and passing plays where there's an aim to be 15 plus. Um, so if you find that middle number there, tw- anything longer than 12 uh, is, is it's considered explosive. Um, Georgia has 56 explosive plays this year. 11 of those are in the run game. Um, they have progressively gotten more explosive, uh, as the season has gone along. They had 15 explosive plays a season high against Oregon. All 15 of those were through the air. Uh, but they had a season high five explosive plays in the run game this week. 
um, this last week against Kent State. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's being a little bit blown out of, out of proportion because they haven't hit a big one. Um, you know, they, they've, they've had some, you know, 10 to, tw- you know, I, I guess 10 yard runs aren't considered explosive by that metric, but, you know, 12 to 15 yard runs, 18. Um, of course, they had the big Brock Bowers run of 75 that, that ups that counts in there. Yeah, that helps. Well, um, certainly helps. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's being blown a little bit out of proportion because if you do look at the statistics of it, they have increased their run game total, their their total production on the ground each week. Um, and, and it may not feel like it, but I think it doesn't feel like it because they haven't hit one of those big runs. They haven't hit an explosive. And uh, Kenny McIntosh said, you know, it's it's a matter of a time before it comes. They, they feel like it's coming. Uh, it takes patience, but it's it's definitely going to come soon. There's no doubt in his mind. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, you know, listen, do I think it could be better? Yeah, I do. But there are a few things that make me um, – and, and Palmer brought up one of them um, prominently. It, there are a few things that make me not, you know, concerned. And one is the fact that it keeps getting better. It's gotten better every week. Two, uh, they're doing so much with the running backs in the passing game. These little pop passes, shovel passes, toss out to the flat. Guys, those are those are run plays. I mean, they're going to count as a pass because they're a forward pass, but those are toss sweeps and jet sweeps and some of these things that, that you know, Stetson's getting credit for throwing a pass, and that's all well and good, but those are – they're tagged runs, and that's the, that's the function of them – is to kind of wear a defense down by making them chase. And then three, um, you know, I think the offensive line is doing a good job. I mean, I, listen, the offensive line is like the offensive coordinator of the offense if if not everything's not just going perfectly, okay? Like if the quarterbacks play – if you know you've got a good quarterback and he's playing at a high level and you know you've got some skill talent but things don't click one week, bam, it is the offensive line's fault. Got to be. Well, I'm over here watching this game, studying it play by play, and I'm watching Georgia blow Kent State off the ball and blow South Carolina off the ball and make these wide open holes. And sometimes the guys are doing are breaking a tackle and getting 12, 13 explosive yards. Sometimes they're not. You can't just watch the football, right? Right. Yeah, you can't just watch the ball. And listen, they're not playing perfectly. It's not, I mean, they're not they're not you know all grading out at a hundred. But they're they're getting the job done way more often than not, and I think that group's going to get better the more it plays with each other. I mean, I I would like to see Tate Ratledge play with a little bit more power. Um, I know he's dealing with more than just the foot injury he had last year. I found out today um, that he's also been dealing with a tweaked ankle. Um, so I think that's something. Maybe it's yesterday when I found that out. But either way, he's kind of battling a tweaked ankle right now. Um, so that's something to, you know, he, he's playing through it. He's not doubtful or questionable for the Missouri game. Um, but, you know, you got a guy out there trying to gut it out. Uh, you know, they've got some young guys behind him um, that, that maybe not don't quite know exactly what to do as well as he does. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. But I think that offensive line is going to get better. I think the running backs are going to get better. I think Dejon Edwards is going to get more carries. I think he's the – the, the we talked about breaker. him a lot on Sunday. He yeah, I think he, I think he's the tackle breaker. I think he's the turn of six into fifteen and a ten into twenty-five yard back. I don't necessarily think he's going to do much more than twenty-five on a regular basis, but because uh, he just lacks that kind of you know third gear. But 
Um, I'm not at all concerned about a run game, especially with the passing game looking like it is. And you caught me kind of in the middle when you came to me of trying to compare this year to last year through four games rushing because I bet there's not a huge difference. Yeah, and look, if the running backs aren't totally where you expect them to be, if the O-line isn't totally blocking how you expect them to be blocking right now, there's a guy named Brock Bowers who's doing a little bit of both. Here's what Kirby Smart had to say about him this week. He's unique. I mean, but I think the position has evolved, right? So he's evolved with the position. I mean, as he was growing up and younger, he saw tight ends doing things in the NFL that the traditional tight end of the New York Giants lined up in 13 personnel with three O-linemen as tight ends is, is no longer the tight end. It's not what it was. And he didn't necessarily just play tight end in high school. If you watched his high school tape, he was not really just a tight end. So I think part of the sell in recruiting was you won't be used just as a tight end. Now, Tight ends are different within tight ends, just like receivers are different within receivers and running backs are different within running backs. James Cook was not Zamir White. You know, they're, they're different people, DBs. You know, there's a star, there's a safety, there's a corner. So there's these, these, this variety that never really existed. But now at tight end, there's a variety within the tight end room that I think exists, which makes him different. And it's okay to be different at that position because offenses have, have modernized and he's been part of that evolution embrace our differences right uh, when I was making the new intro for the show I went back and watched what Kirby said at SEC media days to get that we won't be hunted clip in there at the end and one of the remarks I, I missed or just forgot about was Kirby talking about how his assistants Munkin Muschamp all these guys Schumann will go on Zoom calls with NFL coaches and other coordinators and pick their brains and figure out what they're thinking about the game. I think Munkin was already pretty ingenuitive, but obviously Georgia's found some sort of secret sauce, something different. Uh, and the ingredients just, they don't look like Georgia typically looks, but I think part of that is getting Brock Bowers the ball as much as you can because he's so damn good. No doubt about it. And Wes, I'm going to circle back real quick to this run game thing because it, it, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Georgia won a national championship last year. Did yeah, that? Can we confirm sure? that? Pretty sure. Last year's team through four games, 711 yards on 148 carries. That's pretty good output. Oh, this yeah, year's no. team has 13 more yards on 15 fewer carries through four games yep so i mean let's let's pump the brakes a little bit out there you know listen Brock and Bowers. that's without factoring in all of the rushing yards that are actually passing yards yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and i'm sure Imagine there was that. some of those last year too like and, I really and they're averaging they've... another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Their yards per carry is higher than it was all season last year at yeah. 544 right now as opposed to 526 through last year um 
They've got 13. And if, you, and if you want to talk about competition level, great. Let's talk about that. Georgia's most productive game through four games last year was against Vanderbilt when they scored 2,311 points in the first quarter. Okay? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I get it. I, listen, I, 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 am, I am case in point. I'm this way with the Braves. Okay? I got on our board here recently, and I'm like, man. I was we, just thinking about this, Jake. We, we cannot hit the we cannot hit the baseball in September. We cannot hit the baseball in September. We're nowhere near as hot as we were going into last year's playoffs. Homeboy Chuck Nasty jumps in there and says our OPS is forty points higher this year <laughs> this year in September than it was last year. And I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. So I was wrong. Yeah, I don't have the time to do it, but yeah. when you look at the angst of fans and just being caught up in the moment, it's what makes fans fans, obviously. Yeah. But I'd love to go back and look at. Braves tweets from this time last year and yeah. look at how worried everybody was and just little did they know what was what was waiting and this Braves team uh is better in the record at least in the regular season than last year's team was so yeah uh sports are weird sports are weird let's Very get weird. into some comments Tyler Brennan asks do we get the next two coaches we play fired and that is Drinkwitz and Harson. I don't know about both of them. Maybe one though. Yeah, I think Harson's got a good chance of getting fired. I think Drinkwitz is going to get a second year. I mean, not a second year, but another year. Uh, but Brian Harson's toast. Brian Harson's toast. And 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 I think that there's a chance that he could be out after that Georgia game. Uh, don't think that you're hearing about Eli Drinkwitz getting fired on Sunday. I'm trying to think. Does Auburn does Auburn typically fire coaches during the season? Well, I mean, the only reason I say that, I don't know if there's a precedent set there, but only reason I say that was that the reports were, had they lost to Missouri uh, this past week, that he was going to be out then. So Yeah, and all this Luther Burden stuff, um, if you're, you know, not following that, I don't blame you. It's it's a bit much, but uh, he's done the social media scrub, which always gets people talking. What, what happened? Why did he delete his pictures? Why did he take down that? Well, in fairness, in I bio. think Darnell Washington has gone through a couple social media car washes for <laughs> he's been in Georgia. So let's, uh, you know, you never know. I applaud it, man. Get away from social media, clear your head, especially in the season. I don't know how these guys do it. Uh, let's talk about the dogs, though, guys. What's uh, what's going on at the star position, Javon Bullard? Uh, what do we know about that after his arrest over the weekend, and how is Georgia handling the star position as a result? being handled internally um you know the kirby has been asked several times and and he has given the same answer every time that this javon bullard situation will be handled internally uh that the, the uga student athlete con, uh book of conduct code of conduct handbook uh says that there is an immediate suspension pending the review of an outside board um, and, and that could happen. That could have happened as soon as Monday. We don't know. Um, Kirby was asked about J Javon for this weekend, uh, today during the sec teleconference and did not have an update again, just gave us the, this is being handled internally. Um, Jake, anything to add there? No, not, not at all. Really. Um, guys, I'm going to go ahead and say this and, you know, you look back at Alabama Geno Smith from the state of Georgia played cornerback at Alabama for Kirby Smart's defenses, two DUIs in the span of 12 months, and he was never suspended. Okay. 
Kirby and Nick Saban, right or wrong, don't care how you feel about it, I, I really don't give a rat's rear what you think about it, okay? Um, they don't believe – they they don't buy into the whole, you know, you make a selfish decision, you hurt your entire football team discipline. They believe in, you know, or punishment. They believe in discipline. Um, I'll, be, I, I'll be honest with you too. I think a lot of times you get through to a player – you know, by making him, you know, shove his head in the trash can sometimes a lot better than you do, you know, suspending him from a game. Again, that has, that has, you know, long lasting effects or lasting effects on other people. I think Georgia's probably going to try and do everything they can to keep from suspending him. Um, the student athlete handbook is different than it was at one point. I believe that was a 10% suspension, which would have been two games. For a DUI, you know, several years ago, maybe even after Kirby started, I think uh, it was. I, I could have sworn it was twenty. It may have been. It may have been. But uh, you know, ten came to mind. But that may have, that may have just been the first uh, marijuana. You know, that's what that, that's what that one was. That one yeah. was. Like, Either way, there used side. to be a, there used to be a suspension tag with it. Now there's an immediate suspension pending a review. Like Palmer mentioned, there's a certain there's you know the student athlete handbook you know, calls names, the committee, it says that, you know, who's has to be on the committee. Um, it's very detailed. And then that committee comes up with a judgment and then that judgment is then, uh, approved or, you know, struck down by the athletic director. And then they go from there. Um, my guess is, is that, you know, if Georgia gets the nod at once from that committee, I think Josh Brooks will probably rubber stamp it. And, uh, and, you know, Javon Bullard, if it's the one Georgia wants, will be available to play. He probably won't start. He, he might be exhausted. He might be, he might be in the hospital getting fluids for all I know, because <laughs> he's probably going to be taxed physically. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think if Georgia can get around it, they're going to get around it. And all as right. far as how they're going to handle it, if they don't have Javon, um, you know, think that, that, that guy was, right there behind him, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, star. <laughs> right there, star baby. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put on the board, Brock, hear me out, Brock Bowers at star. Maybe well, not uh, a bad idea. He'd probably take it to the house. He'd, he'd probably he'd probably do it pretty well. But um, you know, I think that they'll they'll give a look to Tyke Smith. Um, you know, he's he's been the backup at that position. First of all, you know what what a what a time for this to happen right after William Poole left the team. Uh, unfortunate timing there for Georgia. Well, you knew State. that's what was going to happen. I mean, yeah, just exactly. Um, but you know, I think that Tyke Smith it, it certainly has a chance to take on a bigger role. Um, think that there's also a chance. Kirby has mentioned Chris Smith has played star before. Um, think back to that Tennessee game, and and my guess is if Javon is not out there, uh, that they probably will roll with Chris Smith at star. Um, trying to keep either Tyke or Chris Smith. I go with I go with Chris because they they trust him. Uh, you know he's been out there. He's played star in a in a pinch for them before against Tennessee when when things weren't going well there. And then they tr they know what they have and they trust and they know that they've got a great combo there in Dan Jackson and Malachi Starks at safety um, keeps keeps a leader on the field. Um, Kirby has also mentioned guys like. Kamari Lassiter potentially playing star. He's done some cross training there. Um, do I think that's what they're going to do? No, I don't think that they're going to move a starting corner into the star spot only to turn to another young corner. Um, and while you have those three guys in, in Chris Smith, 
Malachi Starks and Dan Jackson back there, not all three of them on the field at the same time. Um, to me, I would I would look at the Smiths being Chris Smith and Tyke Smith as your two most likely uh, replacements for Bullard if he doesn't end up playing. Yeah, and I, th- I think the other maybe dark horse scenario and something you may see them experiment with if they get a lead is Lasseter sliding in, like you said, to play to play nickel, to play star, and then maybe giving Dalen Everett some run there across from Kamari Lasseter just because of the chain reaction it has on the rest of the secondary. Um, but I'm with you there, Palmer. I think it's pro- – my thing is, I, I mean, I look at it as Tyke Smith, number one, because that leaves you the most settled back there, and he's gotten some snaps in crunch time this year. Uh, in the first half of some games, and then uh, Chris Smith number two there. Before we chop some wood, uh, let's give a shout-out to our $1 for one-year premium subscription over at dogshq.com. Sign up for that. I know you guys are watching for free. That's all right. We got some people that have moseyed on over from the message board that are already premium. They can tell you how good it is. Palmer doesn't. Palmer can save that dollar bill. I, I didn't even know people – in Palmer's generation still used cash. I thought they were leading the charge for a cashless society, but here we are. Uh, Palmer's pay, actually got a George Washington. Cutter's $1 beers, as as, as uh, Sam Pittman would say. You know, I'm not endorsing it, but but I might have me one. Mm. Uh, Thursday nights, got to have the cash. I believe I'm going to have me one. Pitt, <laughs> I believe Pitt will have quite a few. But sign up. Uh, a lot of inside info going on over there, obviously. And some of that, some recruiting breakdowns of Georgia's newest commitment. We'll talk about Tyler Williams in a moment. Guys, any uh, injury concerns before we chop some wood? Lad McCon- no. Take it away, Jake. No, no. You you were on the call today for the, uh, for the I don't know, the most candid, I feel like, Kirby update as far as injuries go. Yeah, I mean, he, he told us Monday um, that, you know, he feels like Arian Smith is probably ahead of A.D. Mitchell, um, was asked about that again on Tuesday and said they've both practiced, um, but, you know, that they, they are hopeful that they'll be able to play. Um, to me, I'm probably doubtful that either of them does play, uh, but interesting to hear that about Arian being ahead of A.D., yeah, that was interesting. Um, still nothing new on Nylon Green and his hamstring. Um, Jalen Carter's been dealing with that ankle injury. Um, Kirby said that, that he's looked better this week than he has in the past. Um, you know, played 11 snaps at South Carolina, played just one snap, and it was on offense against uh, Kent State this past Saturday. Um, you know, he's looked better. I, I would expect him to travel, and I would expect him to go. Um Lab McConkey been dealing with a little bit of a foot um, toe injury. Um, Kirby brought that up Saturday after the Kent State game. After Lad didn't have his best day, um, you know, made mention of you know, hey, he's been dealing with some injuries. He didn't practice a ton this week. Um, Kirby told us get, gave a little bit more explanation on that. Said last week Lad didn't get in Monday and Tuesday work. Uh, you know, was a full go on Wednesday and Thursday, but obviously that's when you start to crank things down, tone it down a little bit. Um, this week he's been full go, full week. Um, it, it's just a matter of, you know, they, they, they track his usage. They, they make sure that they are not overusing him um, because you do want to use him a lot in the games. You don't want to overuse him in practice, uh, but he's looked better too. Um, Darius Smith is, is dealing with an undisclosed injury. Um, trying to think if there's anyone Kirby else. was just talking about Darius Last week about how versatile he is. Yep, yep. Kenny McIntosh dealing with his uh, 
his um, thigh contusion um, and, and he, we talked to him on Monday, uh, you know, so that, that says all you need to know. And, and he said, he's fine. It's just a bruise. He's got to get in the cold tub this week and uh, it should be good to go. He got hit right on it last week in the game and that did not look comfortable there, but um, you know, a little bit of cold tub, a little bit of time and, and rest uh, certainly can help heal that um, little massage Jake, gun. Yeah. That would, that, that might feel. Yeah. That, that made me clench up just then. I'm not gonna lie. Thinking about a deep thigh bruise and a massage gun. Yeah. Woo. Uh, Woo. Tate Ratledge as well. Tate Ratledge. Yeah. Uh, bum yeah. ankle, bum ankle for him. Official diagnosis. I saw the medical record. All right. Well, there you go. That's not HIPAA. It's out there for public consumption. So there you have it. Let's chop Jack some Matheson wood, guys. Jack with a little bit of a fever. Told Who? Me that today. Jack, Who does? Old, old Mac Jatheson. No, intern. our fearless intern that has a fever? <laughs> yeah. Told me he was running 102 today. Couldn't make interviews. Too much oh protein. Too you much haven't protein. seen him, have you? You haven't been no. around him? No. no. Saw him on Monday. He was there oh Tuesday, too. But he sits, he sits away from me. I don't know if he doesn't like me or whatnot. Well, it's kind of like the Air Force One deal. Impeccable where he, judge of character, that Jack. <laughs> you can't have yeah, everybody Dick, sitting close together. Me too, so flu maybe I smell. Maybe I. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not too fun to sit by. I've been right. told I type too loudly. Uh, no, you just keep your mic too close to the keyboard. <laughs> I think you type at an acceptable volume. Let's chop some wood, guys. Uh, every week, every Wednesday, we just let loose for a minute of dedicated fury on something we're really passionate about. And I like Jake's topic tonight to lead us off. Jake, what are you chopping wood about? Listen, for some reason it just hit me. Like one of these days, maybe down the road, maybe when I really get ready for a new desk, I'm going to go to the garage and we'll grab my axe and I'm get just going to wail. I'm going to wail on my desk on camera. Glenn Hartley says stinky Palmer. Uh-oh. <laughs> Palmer. <laughs> no longer the comment champion <laughs> for Palmer. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so chopping wood uh because i'm not going to beat on my desk today i've only had it for a few weeks um georgia plays some good it's good baseball good football (laughs) in uh in cities called columbia okay especially in columbia missouri since 2012 as west pointed out today and i had forgotten about old man football according Mm -hmm. to sheldon richardson we went on to have a really good career in the NFL, by the he way. Heck of a football player. Um, old man football. Georgia goes in there, beats Missouri. Uh, what was it? 42 to 20? I'm going to have to look it up now. Yeah. I believe it's 42-20. Something like uh, that. It was. Well, it opened up 41-20. It opened up, 41-20. you know, pretty competitive in the it first did. half. It did. And, and Missouri actually hit a couple long plays to take a lead in that game. That's when Malcolm Mitchell was still playing DB, I, I want to say. He was trying. Yeah. yeah he was, he was, he was giving a good old college try. Um, and uh, I mean, he would have been good if he had ever had a chance to really focus on it. But I still think, I still think uh, injuries kept him from being a, one of the best receivers in Georgia yeah. history, if not no the best. Um, but, um, that's neither here nor there. Georgia is uh, since that 2012 game when it was supposed to be crazy, and I cannot tell you how many national college football writers I had come up to me and say, "I think Georgia's going to run into a buzzsaw in in Missouri because you know they're so jacked up about joining the SEC." Uh, listen, they gave it all they had for a half. Georgia pulled away there at the end, large due in large part to number 29. If you're watching the YouTube live show right there, Jarvis Jones 
who had a tremendous game. Georgia's 5-0 and with a chance to go 6-0 and in Columbia since Missouri has joined the SEC. Now, if you combine that with four straight wins in Columbia, South Carolina, Georgia's going for 10 in a row in Columbia in the SEC, and almost all of that would be under Kirby Smart. Eight of those wins because Mark Rick had 2012 and 2014 wins over Missouri um, by an average margin of victory of somewhere around 25 points because that you know, 25 and a half points, something like that. Showed him out in 14. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just an absolute bludgeoning. Seal clubbing, I think is what people used to call it. Uh, but, yeah, it's um, that was a beatdown too. So Georgia plays some good ball in, in Como and Coscar. A uh, young – Student intern photographer by the name of Wes Blankenship took that photo. Rodrigo's daddy. Yeah, that's my son. He's trying out for the Jaguars this week. I'm really pulling for him. <laughs> that's my son. <laughs> Palmer, uh, what you got, man? Wes, are we are we going to do a live cut in because Aaron Judge hit his 61 first home run? No, we don't have the rights to that, and ESPN <laughs> would sue our actual tails off. So no, and we're not going to do that. Fans don't want it either. Um, no, I am chopping wood um, about MJ Sherman. Um, if, if you haven't gone back and watched the video from a full video of his interview from last night, uh, I strongly encourage you to do that. We, we went about 15 minutes with him and we could have gone 15 more minutes with him with ease. Um, you know, great interview. First interview with Georgia media. He came in and said, you know, hey, guys, this is my first. Please take it easy on me. Um, and, and I don't know that we took it easy on him. But uh, we certainly learned a lot about MJ and, and um, you know, his family history. Um, he was wearing a, a gold chain with the shape of the African continent on it. Um, and, you know, was was asked, you know, hey, what's up with the chain? You know, is, is there something behind that? And he went on to explain that, um, you know, his, his father gave it to him for his 16th birthday when he was in high school he wanted a cross next uh, crucifix ne necklace instead um was a little bit upset with his dad uh when he got it but uh ended up you know learning to love it because it represents his roots it represents his his african heritage um father is a senator in liberia uh did not know that until yesterday um his his parents his family you know had to uh, leave Liberia during the civil war there. Um, so we start, we got a little bit of a history lesson from MJ there, uh, learned a lot about his family, the young man that he is, what has shaped him into the player that he is, the, the, the person that he is and the player that he is as well. Um, shout out MJ Sherman went in special teams player of the week for Georgia, one of three players to do so along with um, Jalen Walker, who blocked the punt and Jack Podlesny, who, heard from and he uh, won SEC player of the week um, for special teams but MJ Sherman um, showing us that there is more to life than football uh, and and somebody that you really want to root for too bad the nickname the Liberian dream already taken uh, in Georgia history I'm going to chop wood about Larry Munson born on this date 100 years ago the late Lawrence Munson Rest in peace. I don't have too much to say because he said a lot and he said it all for himself while he was behind the mic for the Georgia Bulldogs. We had a thread about it on our Dogs HQ message board today. I invited people to share 
some of the other obscure things they liked about Larry Munson. You heard the, the call about Herschel Styes in Knoxville and run Lindsey run and the sugar falling out of the sky. But there was always something that Larry did, uh, Larry did that fans noticed that wasn't always repeated. And, and there are little just quirks, little Munsonisms. For me, I always appreciated how he would call smaller players little in front of their name, little Tyson Browning, little Thomas Brown. And I, I don't know if Larry ever saw Thomas Brown up close because he's not little, it's just short, but he's uh, irreplaceable. He is often imitated, will never be duplicated. Hats off to the legend, Larry Munson. All right, guys, one final note here on a big-time Georgia commitment. Tyler Williams, four-star wide receiver out of Florida yesterday. He uh, brought out a dog in his ceremony. It was not a bulldog, but it doesn't matter. It's the thought that counts. Staffordshire Terrier, baby. Is that what it was? I don't know. That's what it kind of looked like, and it just it just cracked me up. That's what I tweeted, the Georgia Staffordshire Terriers. <laughs> Hey, it's fine, man. He, he's uh, happy to be a dog, and the dogs are happy to have him. He is uh, quite the talent. And I heard from our recruiting insider, Jake Roos, yesterday. We did a full interview right after Williams committed. Uh, but here's what Roos had to say about Tyler Williams. It's some good stuff. It's some good insight. And really the thing that impresses me the most is the fact that this guy just started playing football He's been a basketball player. And not only did he just start playing football, he just started playing receiver because he was a quarterback. Here is uh, Roos's breakdown, a little bit of game film that you can watch, and you can watch all of it over at Dogs HQ right after this video. It's easy to see why I think George is so high on this kid and believes that he can be such an impact maker for them. Uh, you're talking about almost six foot three, 200 pounds, uh, a guy who just almost started playing football within the last couple of years or really started focusing on it. A basketball player by trade, um, you know, decides to switch things up and uh, looks like a star out there on the field. Yeah, he, uh, he looks really good. High school film tends to look that way, but that's a stacked yeah. highlight reel if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, absolutely, man. He he's a um he he's got a good chance to be a really good football player. You can kind of see the basketball ability there with just the lateral quickness, that one two step lateral quickness that I mean, you know, like a backcourt guy would have in basketball. And I mean, you don't get to see a ton of jump ball stuff in that film. But you do get to see him, you know, display a lot of suddenness for a big receiver. Well, and, and over the years, you've started to see, and I, and I remember thinking back to that 2019 LSU team, uh, you, you saw um, Joe Brady, the, the wide receivers coach there, uh, taught those guys the crossover. They had them, you know, working on the crossover as their move to get away from, you know, DBs at the line of scrimmage. Um, to create some separation. There's a lot that translates between uh, playing wide receiver and, and the skill sets that it takes to play that position and the skill sets that it takes to play basketball. You wrote about it this week, Jake, a lot of conversation about Georgia's approach to NIL, and you hit the nail on the head before Williams even committed. Kirby Smart is not going after recruits that show up to his door and say, hey, here are my NIL demands. Kirby Smart's going for guys that are obviously good at football, but guys that want to win championships, guys that want to be a part of a team. And it seems like Tyler Williams fits that bill. Yep, for sure. And he's 
Kirby wants talent. Kirby wants talent. I just – I believe him when he says he can't really go and pick the five-star guys because, listen, if if we can see it, they can see it. And uh, um, there's there's no doubt in my mind that that he was probably telling the truth about that while also knowing that he wants to recruit a lot of talent. And, you know, I enjoyed really watching all of the coverage that was there yesterday from Tyler Williams because that cat hung around a long time yesterday. Yeah. And, he, you know, there was a lot of pre-time. There was a lot of post-time. And uh, it, it was a, it was it was obviously a really cool day for that crew and and his people there in in, in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, I'm just uh, you know it was a fun guy to watch. Pulling off a live stream isn't always the easiest thing to do, especially with a lot of people around. As you see now, uh, Georgia number two in the 2023 on three consensus football recruiting rankings. Guys, Georgia at Missouri, a couple days away now. I think we're all expecting big things from this Dogs team. We'll have more coverage over at dogshq.com. If you're watching this live, please hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. It really means a lot. We need all the help we can get from y'all. We can't do it without you. And if you're watching on a replay, you can hit subscribe too. It still works. Jake Palmer, thank you as always. This has been a long, long chat about a very good football team that I think we all expect to be even better uh, as the season goes along. Y'all uh, keep it real. Keep it going. Have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you this weekend. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.